Welcome to the Wealthy Woman Podcast, where we share our opinions on hot topics relating to personal development, work, mindset, and expectations put on women. We also sometimes interview your favorite women influencers, founders, and corporate baddies and get the raw, uncut stories behind what they had to endure and grow through to become the version of themselves that we admire today. I'm your host, Donnie. And I'm Gabby. Now let's Let's get get wealthy. Hey, everybody. Hello. As we're recording this episode, and one episode one is officially out, and so now we can say thank you. <laughs> thank for, you for tuning in and giving us your feedback. We're yes. glad you loved it. Yes, we're so happy you guys are enjoying it. Thank you for coming back. I'm excited, as usual. That's always what I say. I'm excited. But I really am excited for this episode because of the topic, and I think that this will be really helpful. And you guys can reflect on some things as we talk. Mm -hmm. Um, But to get things started, let's go on and do our resource of the week. Okay. Oh, should I do it? Yeah, because you have. (laughs) I've never read. I have the resource of the week. So um, the resource of the week is called is a book called The Mountain Is You by Brianna West. I believe that's her name. Really great book. Okay wonderful book i recommend it to anyone that is dealing with self-sabotage honestly just anyone anyone should read it because we all do self-sabotage on some level and we all have upper limits and we all um, do things to prevent ourselves from getting to the next level or doing the things we really want to do so i love the book it it always snatches my edges every time i read it (laughs) no it really does like it gets me together um I don't know how to explain it, but it's one of those books where you can just come back to it over and over because it just it's like one of those things that you need to remind yourself of when you are. I feel like right now um, I keep I don't know. Actually, we don't need to get in my business. I feel like, like that. a lot of books though are really good to go back and reference them because when you read them, yeah. you take different snippets of it. Like mm-hmm. you may have not even realized it said something, but then right. when you're in a different part of your life and you've grown to a different level, you're like, yeah. oh wow. Yeah, now I see this, or now I see it this yeah. way. Because I feel yeah. like The Mountain Is You is on my lineup of book, multiple books that I need to read. Because um, <laughs> anytime I hear a book in a podcast or see someone post something, I like add it to my Amazon. And then when I go check on Amazon, I have like seven yeah. books to check out. So it's on my lineup of books to read. But I feel like every book, even if you feel like you've gone past self-sabotage, there's always ways that you can improve yourself right. just because... No one's ever perfect. There's always something we can work on and reflect on. So Right. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. Yeah. I think, um, I don't know. I think for me, it's just one of those things that I feel like I always struggle with because I'm a person that is always trying to achieve a lot, Mm -hmm. right? But then as you do that, I feel like you keep, as 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 you're experiencing new versions of yourself, as you are evolving, as you're hitting new goals and stuff, it, it's not any less scary just because I have the courage to chase it, right? So this book always just helps me calm my nerves and realize like what I'm doing and just recenter. <laughs> I love it. So please go read it. Um, we'll have a link to it in the description of the podcast so that you guys can check it out. Um, there's an audio version finally for the longest she did not have an audio version. And so I have the physical book and I don't know what my problem is. I just cannot do physical books anymore. When I was in high school, I was a book 
person. Like I would go to the library all the time. Now I cannot with these books. <laughs> I've never been a library person, really? but I do like if I am like now that I'm a reader. Mm -hmm. My mom would be so proud of me that I'm over here just reading. Um, but I like physical. I like to touch it. I like really? to be able to flip the pages. I like to underline it. I yeah. like to like pause and like reread it. Yeah. Versus like. I, I won't make it through the book though if I do that <laughs> <laughs> because if I can listen to it I can listen to it while I'm working out or while I'm doing different things and so then I actually get through the book but I think with me I, I even went out and I got like stuff to annotate my books with and like the little I got mm. all the little stickers and the different stuff and the pins yeah. and I don't use it because I don't <laughs> I don't do the physical I think book there's thing. benefits of both listening to it and mm -hmm. reading it because yeah. you can listen to it all the time mm -hmm. but then when you read it like you can like seclude yourself from what you're doing and actually yeah. give it your full focus mm -hmm. but then you can actually get through the book if you're like listening to it so I feel like you get exactly two different versions of the book possibly too like that's true differently that's true I think with the book though you if you're reading a physical book it helps you be more mindful and so you know because you it have different take time. senses mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah so I probably need to work on that but anyway go read the book so <laughs> I have the physical copy if you ever want to borrow it okay <laughs> but yeah okay so oh actually I have the physical copy of that oh of okay. the mountain is you okay. I have it yeah anyways um, <laughs> okay so on to cocktail hour I should have brought in here what we're drinking the yeah the bottle I cannot remember what it's called but we're drinking some rosé okay Know that is rose mixed with this, the simply lemonade, not lemonade, the simply peach drink. They ran out of, I wanted to get us the raspberry lemonade mm. and mix it with the rose because I feel like that would hit, but they ran out. So we're, we're drinking rose mixed with the peach, like the, by the brand simply. Um, what would you rate this? That was my first sip. Tastes like a mimosa. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Tastes like a mimosa. Uh, it's not bad. It's not bad, but it's not my favorite. I'm not a huge champagne bubbly person. It's just not me. Oh, okay. What would you prefer we drink next time? <laughs> this is going to sound really bad. I drink you tequila. You want tequila? Yeah. <laughs> I knew she was going to say that. I'm not a bubbly person. Like when people go to the club and get bottles of champagne, like yeah. that's not my thing. I mean, like mm -hmm. when I was younger, yeah. You know, everyone's just like, oh, yeah, they got the bottle of champagne. You just have to hold your glass. But yeah. Okay, now you hype. have to admit. I'm not doing that anymore. It is like, it's like a vibe. Yeah. But I feel like it's more so for like a show. And yes. where I'm at in my life anymore, I don't have to put on a show for you. Period. So like, <laughs> it's not that serious. I don't like champagne. I will go out if someone has champagne in the section that I'm in. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to drink it. Like, even if it's wow. free. Just because I don't like it. it okay. It gives me bubbles in my stomach and it's not no, a good No, but way. you know the champagne that we did for the shoot? Like, you know the shoot we did for the podcast? Mm -hmm. That one actually that, tasted good. That, that was good. everything. That did taste good. <laughs> Typically, I don't... I'm, I'm a person... I know I'm a child. I just like things that are sweet or smooth, okay? It doesn't have to be overly sweet, but I don't like overly bitter and all that extra stuff. I don't like that either. So that you champagne... Don't like the adult drinks. I don't like the adult drinks, okay? <laughs> Give me a kid's cup. So, <laughs> so I really, really liked that champagne because it was, it was not overly sweet. Like it didn't taste like a mixed drink sweet, you know, like that level of sweet, but it had the perfect amount of sweet. The flavors were very bright and, um, crisp and it was just, it was just giving like, 
like this was expensive. That's what it was tasting like. <laughs> it's giving wealthy. So. It's giving wealthy woman. Yes. Oh. It was just it was just smooth. I liked it. And I, I was, was very good. excited about that. Yeah, and it was very um, strong. I'll say that. You think so? Maybe it's because I hadn't eaten that day. Because after I drank my cup, I had a hard time getting through that next meeting that I had. Oh, I left. I don't remember what I had to do for this. <laughs> oh, I went and ate. Okay. Oh, and then I went to sleep. Oh. Okay. Because we hadn't eaten all day. and we Yeah, finished. we hadn't. Was that the shoot day? Yeah. We, sh- we shot, I think we, but we didn't shoot all day. No, we, then that day I didn't go home and sleep because I was in the middle of the day. Yeah, I think you said you had something to do. I yeah. think I did. But yeah, I don't, Jasmine was looking at me crazy because we had this meeting with the videographer and I'm sitting there trying to explain myself and I was having such a hard time. <laughs> I looked a mess and she's looking at me like, are you really over here acting like that over one glass? <laughs> no, yeah, I did have a meeting. Yeah. With my financial advisor. Were you okay during the meeting? Well, I was driving, so we rescheduled it because... Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, I wasn't okay, y'all, but it was good. (laughs) So (laughs) I just need to eat next time. (laughs) Um, I'm bad about that, though. Like, if we're shooting something, I don't eat I know. That's why I'm usually asking, like, Donnie, have you eaten today? Mm -hmm. Because last time she had eaten, I brought my food and warmed it up. I was going to eat because I was like, uh-uh, we'll be here all day and not eat. And I'd be like, I'm starving. I know I'm terrible starving. about that. And I have to start thinking about that, too, with everyone else that's at the shoot because I'll be, like, going just fine. And everyone's like, girl, it's time for us to eat, though. Where's the snacks? Like, what is going on? <laughs> so I need to be more mindful. Um, but that's what we're drinking. It's okay. It's not terrible. It's not fabulous we'll um, put the name in the description box and we find out what it's yeah, called yeah i think for a rose like if you like rose and stuff like that you will like this you'll enjoy it um i would just prefer a, i want i wanted it's really the simply i just wanted the simply lemonade okay <laughs> i wanted, wanted the raspberry <laughs> yeah, i wanted that so it would have hit different if we had the raspberry in there with the rose versus the peach with the rose but it's for pieces of raspberry oh yeah it would have been cute. Aesthetic purposes. Exactly. But anyways, so with cocktail hour, we are going to ask each other a question because as we're filming this episode, you guys still have not asked us questions yet because like we just said, the first one. Exactly. We <laughs> just launched the first episode and in that episode we did not do cocktail hours. So <laughs> we just talked. We just talked. So on to cocktail hour. Do you want to ask me a question first? Yeah, I'll ask me a question first. Okay. So what would you say... Since today is Friday, mm-hmm. what so far has been your high for this week? <laughs> I think that's a great question. <laughs> the reason this is hilarious is because this has been a crazy week. Well, you got to find your high. There had to be some high. Because everything. I think an emotional week, too. Okay. But yes, there has to be a high. A high. But I always know that this is not the best week if it's harder for me to find the high. I know what the high is. I just want to tell you. But outside of <laughs> What is it? Because <laughs> I don't need y'all in my business like this. So you anyways. <laughs> you met a guy. I don't, I don't need y'all in my business like that. It has like to be that. about a guy because Donnie always asks me questions about so guys. anyways. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it has to be a guy. <laughs> Donnie's going on a date or she went and had a great date. Sorry, y'all. I don't know why my eyes I do always ask these questions about guys. But, you, like, okay, we already talked about this. Every time I'm trying to think of a question, I go to Instagram. 
And then on Instagram, it's relationship stuff for some reason on my feed when I'm thinking of a question. So I already know my question probably has to do with the dye, even though she said it this doesn't, time. It's it not doesn't. Good. I promise you it doesn't. My question does not have to do with that. I worked on my questions, okay? So what's your high um, for the week? So my other high would be... You don't have to like go into detail. You could just be like, I had a great interaction with somebody. Okay, that, that is it. I had a great interaction with somebody. Was it like a date or was it like a phone call or a text? It was a situation where... Was it an in-person interaction? Yeah, it was oh. in person. Um, actually, you know what? I'm going to leave it at. This person brought me flowers and I've never had flowers. Oh, is that why you posted roses the other day? Yeah. I've I just never thought had you had anyone... your own. I, I always do. I've never they had anyone give me flowers. They probably heard the episode that that random guy... Sorry, random guy... <laughs> Got me flowers. No, this person pays attention because um, I always post flowers, but I always get them. And to this myself. person knows where you live. Yes, this person knows where I live. Okay. Um, and they brought me flowers. I actually wasn't expecting it whatsoever. They did hit me up and said that they wanted to have a conversation, and then they popped up with flowers. That was not a part of the arrangement or the conversation. They just wanted to bring me flowers because they knew that would make me happy and. I wanted to cry because no one has ever brought me flowers as much Aww. as people know that I love flowers. And they brought these specific ones that I love. She likes white roses. I do. I like white roses. It makes me very happy. Um, and so that was, it made my heart happy because not only did they bring me flowers knowing that I love flowers, but they brought the correct ones. So they're observant. And So Donnie, happy. you went from not wanting to tell us anything to just telling us at all. I, that's not Besides all of it. The person. That's not all of it. Oh, that's it what I better. chose. That's okay. what I chose to tell y'all. Well, so next, on to your question. <laughs> okay, what's my question? <laughs> that's what I chose to share. Um, <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with my eye. You okay? You it crying for me? Water. <laughs> you happy for me? <laughs> She's happy I'm for so me, guys. For you, Tony. She found the love of her life. That's how I felt when I got the flowers. Probably my contact. They've been oh. up all week. No. Oh. Are you okay? Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> it doesn't like hurt my eye just keeps water. It could be the lashes too when I wear because like I don't um, I don't typically wear strip lashes, but when I have some on right now and I feel like my eyes have been watering all morning. And it's really windy outside, so I low-key felt like this oh. lash was about to fall. <laughs> 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 when I walked in, I know the door guy was like, What's wrong with her? Because my hair was like this direction. Oh no. But that's fine. I hope I hope he wasn't. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay, you look fine though. It's great. It's great. I wouldn't even know that you your eye was watered. <laughs> okay. My question for you is what is your favorite way to relieve stress? Um, probably working out. Really? Okay. But I don't know if I would say that's my favorite way to relieve stress just because right. I'm so used to work. Like, yeah, I once have you to do work because, out. Yeah. Like, if I don't work out, I feel like I was lazy that day. Mm hmm. Um, Once it's a habit, it doesn't even give you the same relief. Mm -hmm. That's what I've noticed for me with, with working out. Another way is, I really like being in my own space. Even mm -hmm. though I don't know if that's a way to release. Oh no, I know what it is. I clean. You clean. If there's like a lot wow. in my mind, I start cleaning, which is oh, a good thing. No, but that's great. Then I'm just like, oh, I must be stressed because I'm over here like really mopping the floor. <laughs> Well, remember you said you didn't clean your bathroom, so just get stressed out. <laughs> or I'll just lay down and like watch a show. But yeah, um, okay, I'll clean. 
Wow. Mm-hmm. I've never understood people like that, but that is great. <laughs> I think it's because I put all my focus on something else. Yeah. So even if I lay down and like do the normal, like get in my bed and watch TV or something, mm-hmm. my mind may drift off into whatever it is. Got it. But if okay. I'm like focused on like, oh my gosh, I need to take the trash out or I'm doing the dishes or I'm sweeping, like where'd this come from? And I'm focused on like that. Oh, that's not good, Gabby. <laughs> We'll talk about that on another episode. <laughs> but yeah. That's it's okay to feel it. <laughs> My eyes still just watering. I'm not crying. I promise. She's like, I know. I don't want to feel it. She's like crying. You need no, a moment? I'm fine. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Okay. No, I, I understand though. Sometimes it's just like overwhelming and you just need to take your I mind off of things. I was to start cleaning and I'm like, oh, wow. that thing is really bothering me. Or there's I something really on that. my mind, even if I don't realize it, mm-hmm. I'm just cleaning. Wow. I wish that was me. I, I think, I mean, of course I'm not like, well, I have my little stuff. Like if y'all saw my closet, I don't, I don't, I don't know what my problem is. Cause sometimes my closet is pristine and then other times it is like, what is going on? But the rest of my home will be great. And so <laughs> the rest of my home will look, so I don't know why I do that. Um, I need to talk to my therapist about it. But yeah, anyways. <laughs> but yeah, okay. That, that was, I think, I think that makes sense though, as far as the cleaning and stuff like that. I think that makes total sense. Cause like plenty of people do that. Yeah. Okay. So are we ready to get into this week's topic? Yeah. Okay. So. <clears throat> Last time we brought up a particular book. Mm-hmm. So today we actually have the physical copy because, you know, Donnie doesn't have it. So I brought yeah. mine. Um, it's called Set Boundaries <laughs> and Find Peace, A Guide to Reclaiming Yourself by Nidra Glover Tawab. I hope I said her name correctly. I don't know. Shout out to her, though. She's does a she black therapist. Say, did she not say her name when you were listening to it? She probably did. I just, I skipped the beginning. Y'all know, I... I'm not the introduction type of person. Just get to the chapter one. <laughs> and she's actually a therapist. Yeah, she's a therapist. And she's a black woman who is a therapist, a licensed therapist. Mm-hmm. When I say this book, when I say she wrote this book, perfect. <laughs> like, I, the, the, what I love about the book is that it gets to the point and every story, it's not like a whole... I don't know, like the stories aren't long and drawn out that she uses for examples. Mm-hmm. It's not a situation where she's like taking you through all of this. I don't know, like, you know how some people will like start over here just to get all the way over here with the oh, point? Oh yeah, she just gets straight to the she point. Just gets she to the tells point. the story, <laughs> tells where their boundary issues are, mm-hmm. says how you should address it, what your responses should be, and then at the end of each chapter there's like an exercise. Like, right. if you were, if this happened to you, how would you address it? Exactly. So then it makes you practice using the new boundaries that you've learned or that you are re-emphasizing in your life. Exactly. And every story is literally just for example purposes. It's like very much to the point. So, and they're real life stories from her clients. Exactly. Real life stories. And, and she, it literally it'll just be something simple like, so Tiffany, her friend reached out to her and she wanted to do this and she felt uncomfortable about it. So Tiffany then did blah, 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 blah. What should she have done? Like, it's like very to the point and I just love it. Um, But, okay, before we even get into boundaries, how we are setting boundaries or what our relationship is with with our boundaries, let's talk about, um, because she has the book literally right here. Let's go into detail about what it, what, 
types of boundaries there are, mm-hmm. as well as what, because, okay, so there's different types of boundaries, but then you also have categories of boundaries, if that makes yeah. sense. Is that the way, the way so to put it? So it's three different types of boundaries, or mm-hmm. how you are in your boundaries, like what point you are in setting yes. boundaries. There we go. And then there are six types of boundaries. Of course, they can be broken up even more, and you can have more than six, but like general, right. there are six types of boundaries that everyone has in their life. Right. Okay. So you're going to read them? Yes. So there's three places that you can be at with setting your boundaries. It could mm-hmm. be either porous, rigid, mm-hmm. or healthy. Yes. So porous means that you're, that's like the worst you could be with your boundaries. <laughs> like if it was leveled, so it'd be porous, rigid, healthy. Um, porous just means you either, you're oversharing, um, you're codependent, inability to say no, you're a people pleaser. Mm-hmm. You're accepting mistreatment, paralyzing fear of being rejected. Yeah. So you have poor boundaries. Porous. Porous, poor. (laughs) That's a way to remember it. Rigid boundaries um, would be you're never sharing, you're building walls, Mm -hmm. pretty much you're closed off. Um, Having high expectations for others, enforcing strict rules, avoiding vulnerability, cutting people out. Mm -hmm. Healthy would be... Being clear about your values, listening to your own opinion, being comfortable saying no, mm-hmm. being comfortable hearing no without taking it personally, mm-hmm. having a healthy vulnerability with people you who've earned your trust. And that's the one you should aim for. Yes. <laughs> so let's go over the different types of boundaries now that we've gone over like, I guess. Well, the no, levels. That is, yeah, the levels. levels there we go. Perfect. I was like, I don't even know how to explain that. But yeah, that was levels. Okay. So there's six. Physical boundaries, sexual boundaries, intellectual, emotional, material, and time. Okay. So I I do want to make this point. I know everybody gets sick of me in my life. Everyone in my life gets sick of me talking about attachment styles. <laughs> if, if all else fails, I'm just going to become... Uh, an expert at attachment styles and then go do seminars on it because <laughs> it's hey, so maybe important. you'll the world giving seminars on attachment maybe styles. so like if, paid. If, if wealthy woman doesn't work out that's what y'all <laughs> will see me doing so <laughs> i'm so passionate about it because there's a direct correlation as well with attachment styles in this so if you meet somebody and you can tell that they have an anxious attachment style normally they have porous boundaries. If they have an avoidant attachment style, typically they have rigid boundaries, okay? And then, and and so that's why sometimes, even myself, I still have a hard time identifying um, avoidant. I'm getting better. Um, and so a lot of times, so a lot of times initially, I'll mistake an avoidant person for secure because they have such good boundaries. Mm. But then I realize I'm like, oh no, they're, they're going, really they're extreme. It. Yeah, they're a little extreme. And, and the other thing about attachment styles is you can have percentages of a couple, especially secure. So like if you, you can be partially secure and then still have avoidant tendencies or partially secure, then have some anxious tendencies. So you, it takes a second sometime to identify what people's attachment style is, but um, the avoidant people, you really got to watch them because they have very rigid boundaries and, um, but their communication is normally really bad. Um, if they feel like you're not getting the hint with their boundaries, 
<laughs> because so, no one can read your mind. Because no one can read your I mind. I have to remind myself of because I'm, I will be, honestly say, I don't think I have complete healthy boundaries. I have mm-hmm. some healthy boundaries, mm-hmm. but some are probably like rigid mm-hmm. and some may be a little yeah. porous. But I was going to say that after watching the podcast back, because of course I watched it back, because um, I said that last time, I was like, oh yeah, it's giving secure. It is giving secure, but it is giving a little an- avoidant in there. Your mm-hmm. your attachment. I was like, oh, I see the avoidant now that I'm watching There's it back. There's conversations <laughs> that I don't like to have. I have trouble, I'll mm-hmm. just say it, talking about my emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, and so only, I've opened up to certain people to yeah. where I'll talk about my emotions, but typically if I do, I start crying. But yeah. mm-hmm. I mean, they already know, like, God yeah, to probably cry. So, yeah. And I think that's important. Like, that's a whole other conversation about <laughs> handling your own emotions. <laughs> but the moment you can actually handle your own emotions and you can make space for others emotions. And a lot of times with avoidant people, that's why they don't really make space for those conversations, because you have to take on the other person's emotions and make room for it. But you don't even make room for your own emotions. So it's hard to even <laughs> do that it's overwhelming and they're just like count me out (laughs) i'm like i already know i'm probably i need to have this conversation i'm probably gonna cry but yeah it's hard yeah um but with secure people they typically have good boundaries like like a a level amount of boundaries and so for me um i'm anxious avoidant and so my boundaries are porous in some areas rigid in others and I just be all over the place, and so I'm working really hard <laughs> on making sure that I have more level boundaries. And like, what was the what was the one called when you have like good boundaries? I can't remember the healthy. Name. Healthy. Oh yeah, simple. Healthy boundaries. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to be healthy. It's porous, rigid, and healthy. Right. I need to remember the healthy one because I keep remembering porous and rigid. I'm aiming for healthy. Um, what do you think your boundaries are? Like the levels. I'm in between. Okay. I just said that. <laughs> okay. Well, in what areas do you feel like you have porous, oh. and what areas do you feel like you have rigid and healthy, and all the things? Man, Godly, this is hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me go first. I I think I'm really healthy at probably setting time for myself because yeah. I literally will go close myself in my room. Mm. Um. And so I'll make sure, like, oh, no, I'm going to go get a massage today. Like, that's on my schedule in the middle of the week at 2 p.m. or at 10 a.m. Like, if I schedule my massage, I... Come on, soft life. I'm in a meeting with a massage therapist. Um, So, like, little things like that of where I'll say I'm healthy because I'll make sure to, like, put stuff like that first for Mm -hmm. myself. Um, But then I think I'm really bad when it comes to, like, timing. Ah. Because I'm almost always late got it and i'll book things like back to back or i'm always like rushing and Mm -hmm. so i think i'm bad with timing yeah let me see what else what are the other ones (laughs) probably emotional just because i have to work on my emotions and i'm not really good about talking about them so that is probably a very rigid one because Mm -hmm. i'll put up walls Mm mm-hmm yeah. And it's not that I'll make myself codependent because I have in the past been codependent. Mm-hmm. And so I think now after like being burned, mm-hmm. now I'm more rigid, but I'm working my way to be healthy. So it's like okay. an, an imbalance there where like, so I try to do it with like 
I feel like when you're when you're comfortable enough with certain people, yeah. then you can try to make it like healthy for your emotional, even though yeah. it's like a rocky situation for you. Okay, that makes sense. But yeah. like certain people probably wouldn't get the healthy side of my emotional, stuff right? Because yeah. I'm not comfortable with you're not them. comfortable. Mm-hmm. Avoided. Um, so- <laughs> no I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I don't want everyone into my bubble. <laughs> yeah, I feel you. They don't deserve to be. That's so it. That's why I'm at home in my bed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. So I don't cat. I and I should do that. I should um, more so, like, like associate my levels with the actual categories of boundaries. But I more so think of my levels regarding how I handle certain people or certain situations, and. <laughs> I probably should think of it like that. I literally but just did. That was my first time. That was your first time thinking. Like that. I mean, I read yeah. through it and like can pinpoint like when I'm reading it of like, mm-hmm. oh, you do this and you should do this. Got it. Or you should probably think that not everyone can read your mind or knows how you feel. Right. Yeah. If you're not verbalizing it, so. So like that. I think I do that too, though. I think I do it like that because um, of my attachment style, because I can be. Cause, because I'm anxious avoidant, I lean on different sides with my boundaries with different things, like with all types of different things. So um, I notice, I'll, I kind of just generalize it, you know, like when I'm thinking about it. So like with my family, I can be very much rigid, um, but I'm also very avoidant with them. My avoidant side really comes out with my family. So um, when I'm in a relationship that I feel like is safe, um, then I feel like I, I have, I would like to say it's different now, but my therapist always says, go off of the last example that you have. <laughs> like I have to, <laughs> so I'm just going to go off of what I just experienced. And so as much as I'd like to say right now, I would do better with my very last relationship. I definitely had porous, a mixture between healthy and porous. And it went back and forth based on how healthy we were at the moment. Mm -hmm. So when I felt like things were safe, when I felt like things were healthy, I had healthy boundaries. When I felt like things were unsafe or when I felt like things were out of control, then my boundaries became porous because I was just like, stop, stop, stop. What's going on? I feel like, like, you know what I mean? Like, I just like, like, I'm trying to save it. (laughs) Yes, like the girl in charge of her boyfriend. (laughs) Yes. And so I um, have to do a better job of making sure that regardless of how that person's acting or if I feel like anxious all of a sudden, I don't need to overcompensate. I don't need to bend my boundaries. Like either they want to be here or they don't. And that's that. So, um, yeah, so that's what I feel like I do overall. But I think also too with, um, I've noticed that with certain things like, oh, like if I'm with work, I can be rigid. But then also too, I feel like I can be, I don't know how to put it. Yeah, I'll be rigid. I, I can be rigid. That would be considered rigid. Because I'll say, sometimes I shut down. Um, but I've noticed that I do that when I get overwhelmed and I feel like I don't know something that I should know. And I need a second to like compose myself and get it together. Mm. Um, but I, that's why I'm reading that book right now. Because I realize, so in that in The Mountain Is You, I know we're talking about one book, but we're going to jump to another real quick. And The Mountain Is You, she touches on the fact that all of the de- most of the decisions we make um, is based on how we think people perceive us, mm, mm-hmm. you know? And so you are doing things to maintain that perception that people have of you 
rather than just being and rather than just being authentic and showing up and just just being so i think for me a lot of times i feel like a lot of people expect me to have it all together and know everything because of the type of business i have or because of what i do so like i'm a coach i'm a teacher so of course if i'm the coach i'm the teacher shouldn't i know everything yeah you have to be like (laughs) right and a lot of people just naturally because of my gifts um people people look at me as someone that is a motivator and activator like i i typically when people get around me they i challenge them I, I, it's just, I challenge everyone. It's not a, an, a thing that where I seek out challenging people, but it's just a natural thing where when people get around me, they begin to get challenged and I also activate their gifts. I help them see their potential and I do a lot of mentoring and pouring into people and sharing wisdom and stuff. So when I'm also in that position in a lot of people's eyes, when I have an off day or when I'm not able to figure something out, I feel like a fraud. I feel like <laughs> I feel like a um, imposter. Mm. You know what I mean? And I'm just like, oh my gosh. So then my my boundaries get really rigid. I don't want to talk about. It. I don't want to open up because I'm just like, I don't. What am I supposed to say? I think what everyone's I allowed to have those moments. <laughs> like, yes, yeah, you can have it all together, right? Most of the time, but mm-hmm. you're gonna have those times where you don't have it all together, or where you feel like, okay, I don't want to see people because. I feel like right. it's just falling apart or I feel like I don't know how to respond to this or I don't not saying that that's right. the best thing to do or that's the way to handle but that's, it. But, but I, I think, think you have to hang allow up. yourself to feel whatever it is that you're feeling and mm-hmm. go through it instead but that's of being the thing. stuck on it. I'm, I, I do allow myself to feel. So I'm very good about now because of therapy. <laughs> I'm very good about giving myself a moment, feeling the things, regulating, all the, uh, emotional regulating. I always just shorten it to regulating, but for those that don't know, emotional regulating. Um, I do all of the things, right? But I think what still trips me up is after I've emotionally regulated and all that stuff, I think it's just, I'm still left with the situation that caused the anxiety, that caused the emotions. You know what I mean? Mm. And I still don't know how to handle the situation. And so that, and I think too, because of the perception, because of me being prideful, whatever, I still don't know where to go for the answers, how to ask for the help, because I feel like I'm supposed to already know. So then there's shame around asking Mm -hmm. for help. It's just all these variables, you know? And so I'm just like, now I still have anxiety <laughs> and I still don't. And then it causes me to have rigid boundaries where instead of just being open and honest and being like, hey, I actually don't know how to handle this. I don't know what to do. I just shut down. And so then I cut off communication or I will, you know what I mean? And that's and that's a form of having boundaries is just shutting people out when in, in reality I could just be have a healthy boundary and just say to them, hey, this is what I'm dealing with right now mm-hmm. or I don't actually know how to handle this or I, I've never experienced this before. So can you give me a second or can you explain to me how to do this? <laughs> and so, but that's very unhealthy because then it's just like people, of course it communicates the wrong message to the other person on the receiving end. And I, that really bothers me that I do that and I really want to work on it. Um, but I think it's also, it comes down to a pride thing. And uh, you know Have what I you mean? thought of like adding in, in your coaching of telling them like, Hey, I'm going to help you with this, this, and this, 
There may be some areas where you may feel that I let you down or that I don't know Oh, it's the not answer. even a coaching thing. Because that's the thing. I think with my coaching and what I do, I'm very good about my boundaries there. Because okay. I communicate well what I'm good at and what I'm not. You don't come to me for this, this, and this. You come to me for this, right? So I don't run into an issue where I'm in a coaching session or teaching my students and I don't know what to say. That never happens. Because I, I stick to my zone of genius. I mean <laughs> more so with the um the day-to-day ins and outs of running my business like on the back end of things okay this is the thing so long story long story short um which we'll talk about this on another episode i just do not care i i wanted to talk about it today but i got so triggered earlier and jasmine had to like help me through the moment um (laughs) we'll talk about in another episode everything all the growing pains i have gone through with my business Mm. because things happen so quickly for me and so there are certain things when you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. Okay. And also too, I wanna I wanna remind everyone, as much as I'm mature, I am also very young and I haven't worked in corporate. I haven't done a lot of things that other people have done that have also built the same kind of businesses as me. So when you haven't worked in corporate, when you haven't been exposed to certain things, I didn't even finish college. So I don't. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with not finishing no, college. No, it's not. But when you're exposed to certain things, you understand the structure of things. You understand, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? So as much as my life experiences have helped me be a good teacher, they haven't helped me be the best business owner because I did not know. So I don't. So when I. Um, started all of this last year, even when my business partner came into the picture, whatever, there wasn't clear communication on, hey, you need to get a CFO. You need to get this. You need to do this. You need to like set things up this way so that when tax season comes, it's a lot easier for you. Because no so, one tells you these things. No one tells you these things. You don't things. find out until you run into it and you're like, oh, I probably should have did that. Exactly. Or now I owe the government all this money. All this and money. I, I don't know how I'm going to pay them back, <laughs> even though like I'm making money, but I can't pay them all the money back at the same time because you're about to be lot. broke. It's a lot going on. Having the help and all that stuff, yeah, it's, that's great. But I think what's overwhelming is when we're having the conversations about what I should have done and how we should have done this different and why didn't you do this and why didn't you do that. That starts overwhelming me because then I start feeling like I should have known, I should have known. Why did ah, like, and then mm-hmm. I'm like, well, why didn't anyone tell me this? And uh, where would I have gone to learn this? And it's just a why lot. didn't I see this when I was googling? <laughs> right, and so I think a lot of times I just start um, almost shutting down, and instead of me being able to properly communicate or or figure it out ahead of time or whatever, I just start feeling a lot of shame because I feel like. Well, I should have known this already. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I should have known this already. And I, and when really it's just like, girl, shut up. Just ask for help and that'd be that. So, that, so that's when you like close off. <laughs> that's when I close off and I'm like, I, I, I don't even it. know how. Because then, because it, this is the thing. Conversations get real hard when it's like, how do I put it? When, okay, when someone comes to you and they're like, do you have, like, can you send me X, Y, and Z? And you had no idea you were supposed to have that in the first place. Mm-hmm. So then you're just like, dang, now I gotta tell them I don't even like, have, it. have it. You're just like, how can I try to put this together? Really right, how can I try to do this? Because <laughs> I look stupid. I don't want them to be like, you didn't have this the whole time. No, exactly, because now I look real dumb. And so it's just that, and that gives me so much anxiety. And I just feel like, can we just not talk anymore? Can we just, just forget it? Let's not even do it anymore. <laughs> I don't even need help. It's fine. It's fine. so it's stuff like that but um i'm working on it and i'm trying to do better or 
if a hard situation comes up and it's like someone needs a decision from me and I'm like, I, I can't even bring myself to make a decision right now. I haven't even thought through it all and I'm avoiding thinking through it all because it's a hard thing to think about. It's just a lot there, okay? So I'm working on that. But my boundaries get real rigid in those areas um, with my business when I'm just like, I don't know. And I feel overwhelmed because everyone needs an answer for me. Everyone needs things for me. And I don't know. So I just need a second to process. But then I also like to sit here. I think a lot of times because it's just hard and heavy. Sometimes I get like, like you were saying, where it's just like, I don't even want to think about it right now. So then I'll do something <laughs> to take my mind off of it. Or I'll pretend like it's not happening. And it's very much happening. And I need to stop avoiding it until the last minute and procrastinating and self-sabotaging. Do you think it's because of the way you were raised? Yeah, because I'm, I'm feeling like if I can't measure up, then there's no point. That, mm-hmm. that Definitely. That's why I have the attachment style I have. So with avoidant people, I mean anxious avoidant, we were communicated like when we were little. Um, we were the, the message that we received from the adults in our life is that if how do i put this okay i'll just i'll just kind of explain what i went through and then hopefully it'll make sense so when i was little my family they had a habit of um actually they said it they've said it themselves plenty of times where i was when i came into the picture i brought a lot of joy and happiness to their life because they were not very happy their situ- their the situation that what they were in was just kind of rough and they were just not the happiest right so when i came into the picture Everyone was really happy. Everyone loved it. They were like, Donnie's the best. She's Yeah, because your mom had you when she was how old? 18. Yep. Just so, in case anyone missed that. Yeah. So you're not like, well, what was happening in their life? Yeah. Her mom was really young. She was really young. And um, my grandparents were not the... Well, they were actually in a better place financially, kind of. But they... I don't know. It was just a situation where the adults, they didn't have... They didn't know how to deal with their own emotions as well. They didn't know how to emotionally mm-hmm. regulate... And so um, the household or the people that I grew up around, um, a lot of times they looked to me for relief, if that makes sense. So it was always, oh, Donnie's so funny. Donnie's this. Look at what she did today. So I became very performative, if that makes sense, because I knew that that would make them happy. So, um, But the problem is with being performative as a child or when you have a cute personality as a child, um, for me, I, I had a very adult like personality cause that's what they really, I saw that they were really receptive to that. Okay. So I said <laughs> things that a lot of adults would say, but the problem is the first time I said it, it would be fine. It would be hilarious. Right. And then the next time that it's, I'm being reprimanded for it, but I should have been reprimanded the first, the first time, time. Right. But then the second time they're reprimanding me. So now I'm getting mixed signals and I'm like, whoa, <laughs> whoa, <laughs> what'd I do? What'd I do wrong? I thought I was cute. What happened? <laughs> so... Um, and even now to this day, when they retell the stories, one, one time they tell it, it might be that I was so cute and adorable. The next time they tell it, I might be a brat. Like they, the story changes. Right. And so I get a lot of mixed signals from my family on what's acceptable. So a lot of times I also, because of them and their emotions, as well as how they are reacting to me, I always tried to be several steps ahead and overanalyze patterns and behaviors and stuff like that so that I could show up more consistently and hit the mark, if that makes sense. So with my business, it's the same thing. I'm trying the best I know how, Mm -hmm. which is so unrealistic. I have to get that out of my head and I have to unlearn it. 
because it's so unrealistic to think when I am coming into new territory anyway, it's so unrealistic for me to think that I am going to be able to know it all, figure it all out. It's just unrealistic. I've never experienced this. I don't know what I'm doing and I shouldn't. Like there's no reason that I should know. I've never done this before. So I just need to be okay with being the person that doesn't know. You know what I mean? And just showing up and asking for the help I need and being open to not being seen as the person that knows it all and hits the mark all the time and all that stuff. Like, it's just, I, I have to get over that. Um, but does that make sense? No, I'm over here, like, really processing it because, like, I was raised completely different, but then mm-hmm. the way that you were raised makes me think, like, I had Tony when I was 19. Oh, that so Tony then, might be dealing with so this? So then, like, when Tony gets older, like, I mean, me and his dad aren't together, so it's going to be, like, a different family dynamic. But, like, mm-hmm. when he leaves me and he goes and stays with his dad and his dad's, like, new family, yeah. it's, like, what thoughts go through his mind. So it's, like, mm. things that I already kind of think of, of, like, how do I address this and not trying yeah. to, I guess, repeat the way I was raised, even yeah. though he's different because we've kind of grown up together. No, that's what I always say about my so mom. So it's, like, me yeah. and him have grown, grown up together to where emotionally I'm still figuring things out Mm -hmm. yeah that's my mom so it's like (laughs) wow it's like me watching or Mm -hmm. like seeing it from the outside looking in and hearing someone else's perspective Mm -hmm. of my child in he's 10 yeah in 10 years in 16 years 16 wow yeah I'm old okay you're not old right like I'm I'm like oh 10 she's like like, no 16 16. (laughs) because for me like I grew up my mom made all the decisions like yeah she told me what to do mm-hmm. i did whatever she said and mm-hmm. so now being an adult for me it's hard for me to make my own decisions of like yeah. what do you want to do i'm like i don't know like mm-hmm. should i want to do this like yeah. so that is where i feel like i struggle is mm-hmm. making my own decisions deciding what's right for me what's not right for me yeah i will say what's this. right for me to do with my kid like yeah would my mom have done that but then at the same time I'm like well i don't want to raise him the same way I was raised because I feel like I was so sheltered and not like yeah. I was raised in a bad way, but I'm like, I feel like I didn't know anything about the world and I was just closed mm-hmm. in. So then when I did go to college, it was like, oh, wow, people are doing this. People are doing that. Like, I didn't mm-hmm. care. Like, I went to Texas State and knew not a soul, not wow. one person. But I was glad. I was like, please just drop me off and leave because I was ready to, like, live yeah. my life. Like, yeah. I was like, okay, I'm here. I get to, like, meet people, mm-hmm. even though I'm not even, like, the most, like, outgoing person at the end of the day. Yeah. But, like, I was just, like, ready to have, like, my freedom. So I'm always yeah. like, I don't want that to be Tony of not being exposed or not knowing and then being, like, with shocked. No, I think with Tony is... Has he been the only kid around a bunch of adults? Like in yeah. The, okay. So when with him, though, <laughs> I'm not. Uh, so I feel like he acts like a little adult. A little adult. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what like I Like he's like my little friend. Mm-hmm. That was me. And so like, people think we're like siblings instead. Like, mm-hmm. no, that's my kid. So it's like sometimes it's hard of like, okay, we can joke about certain things, mm-hmm. but it's not always a joking matter. Like, and don't yeah. say that you were playing because I know you weren't playing like, right. when you said it that way. So, so I'll say with my mom, her parenting was probably the most consistent out of all the adults. But because my mom was so young. You have grandma. Uh-huh. My grandma, oh, my I grandfather, <laughs> and my mom's sister were around very close for years. Um, for the first seven to ten years of my life, all of them were around me, right? So 
um, the parenting was kind of split up <laughs> a bit. So even though my mom was actually very consistent with the way that she mm-hmm. was teaching me, which I want to say my mom was a great mom. Is she's Well, she's still a great mom. Um, she a lot of times she thinks that she wasn't as good of a mom to me as my sister because she was so young and she's like mm. I used to I used to, like she used to <laughs> she used to prop me up with her stuffed animals and take pictures of me. <laughs> <laughs> but I think a lot of times parents in general like are hard on themselves because a lot of times I'm like yes. am I doing it right? Should I have done something else? Right. And she was saying she was childish. And I'm like, girl, or should I do this? Because like I went to a PT. Well, not really a PT meeting. I went to like. Um, coffee with the principal the other day and my mm-hmm. mom found out she was like you did mm-hmm. so my mom's been a teacher for over 40 years she's retired and still a full-time teacher so like nice. education is like everything to her yeah and my mom is like Tony's second mom so like she'll be yeah. like you should be doing it this way you should be doing it that way and uh-huh. I'm like mom I'm raising him the way I want to that's, so that's it's my like grandparents battling that and yeah. then Tony thinking like well I'm gonna go tell grandma that this happened and she'll have my back to where she right. babies him but like we weren't raised like that. Like, you didn't baby us. You would have mm-hmm. threw a chunk at us. Or you would have, you know, well, I pulled think... our hair, pinched us under the table. It's like, for Tony, it's like, why would you do that to him? And I'm like, Mom, did you even just see what that kid did? Well, I'll say this. Um, and I don't know. Maybe that's just also my specific personality. Um, but I was very much observant of my of the adults in my life. I mm-hmm. was very observant. And I knew that my mom, I could just tell that she was trying very hard like I didn't know how to put it into words when I was little but I could just tell like she's trying very hard she's trying to figure some stuff out um like I had a different level of grace for her if that Mm -hmm. makes sense like in my brain like I I never expected her to to be able to do more than what I saw that she could do at that moment um which is very mature mature to even think (laughs) like that um as a little kid but it was something that registered in my brain of like this is her capacity and there's nothing wrong with that like I don't know what it was but at the same time, I had this um, codependency with her because she felt mm. like it was me and her against the world. And so because of that, I very much had her back. And so I never felt like um, it was a thing of, oh, I'm going to run and tell my grandma on her because I wanted <laughs> to always protect my mom because we were very codependent, right? But my grandparents very much feel like they are my second parents and I'm their fourth child. So... <laughs> See, I see that in both ways because he like tells my mom, but it's like mm-hmm. a secret. Like, well, grandma, mm-hmm. then, like, don't tell my mom. Yes. But then if I'm like, I'm tired, he'll be like, well, when we get home, you should take a nap. Oh, okay. So like things like mm-hmm. that, or you're sick, or he'll make me breakfast. Or I'm like, well, Tony, yeah. today I have to, a bunch of showings. Yeah. He'll put me like breakfast in a to-go thing. And like one time he made like oh eggs and fruit and threw in one of his go-gurts. I'm like, I'm not yogurt but i was like well thank oh my you gosh <laughs> and he was wow. like isn't it the same as like the yogurt that you eat and i was like well no this one has like a lot more sugar and mm-hmm. like it's not greek yogurt it's not that is so sweet. so it's like in certain ways he does like where i can tell he's like protective mm-hmm. but then he's like my mom's little minion of like he's right behind my mom even though they're like yeah. butt heads yeah they'll butt heads but they're like connected yeah. and maybe but i was like, like that when i was younger Maybe I was like that when I was younger. I I'm I block things out, unfortunately. Um, but I definitely did have a certain bond with my grandma. So it wouldn't be crazy for that to be true, like what you're saying about Tony. Because um, do you think your other cousins like are as close with your grandma no, as you are? not at all. See? 
my grandma i'm sorry to my other cousins but i know for a fact i'm my grandma's favorite that's so. what that's what everyone always says about tony but i'm like my mom like was like helped raise him mm-hmm. and still does so i'm like well yeah my grand i had to have a conversation with my grandparents and i was like hey you guys need to start treating all the other grandkids the same way because you guys do not treat them the same way and they know <laughs> and they hate me so <laughs> no they don't hate me but they just know they just know that i am the favorite and um i think with tony the biggest thing i would say is be careful about the codependency thing mm. um just make sure it's not too heavy because right now the issue i'm running into with my mom is that i'm trying to set boundaries with her not for her not because i don't love you. her but for me because i don't want to be codependent because i noticed that now i'm i have developed this pattern of codependency and I used to do it with friends. Um, I would latch on to certain friends. So like for a while, I used to have a friend. I'm not going to say his name because I don't know if he wants to be talked about on this podcast. <laughs> he was a friend of mine. Um, and we were like this for years. And I had to cut him off. Because um, I just felt like, what is the point? Why am I so codependent? Mm-hmm. And the situation was a little like unnecessary, if that makes sense. Like us being friends was just kind of unnecessary after a while. Because we the way it started was we were actually set up to date (laughs) like somebody set us up and then that didn't work and then we ended up becoming friends but he's like gotten in he's gotten married he has a kid now i was just like we just there's no reason for us to really be friends Friends anymore Mm -hmm. um not that like i don't care about you but it's like y'all grown in different ways in different ways your relationship has like exactly like we don't add enough value to each other's lives to where it's like we can't live apart or like we feel like we are assigned to each other or anything like that. So with, I did that also with another friend. Um, I'll say her name, Cassie. <laughs> if you're watching this, hey, Cassie. I don't think she's watching this though. But um, <laughs> I don't think she is. But um, years ago, <clears throat> her and I, we met because we both did virtual school for high school. We met at state testing Years later, we reconnected, and I ended up working for her um, and doing her marketing. She was a musician or a singer, um, both. And then through us working together, we ended up becoming best friends, very codependent, very much like doing life together, like us against the world. And it's like, why do I keep getting in these bonds and these connections? And then even with my last relationship, I had to kind of fight that Um, because at the end, when I was losing it, I started feeling like codependent in a weird Mm. way and i think he felt it too and i didn't feel like that all of the relationship until the end when i felt like i was losing it then i was like what i need this bond i need this bond." like you know what i mean like like, now what am i gonna do literally like i'm like you're supposed to be here with me and really he's not obligated to do anything for me (laughs) he should and i now it's like okay he should have wanted to um just considering the fact that he knew what was going on with me and what I needed more than anybody at that moment. Um, But regardless, I should not feel like I'm going to fall apart if the other Mm. person is not there. there. Exactly. And so with my mom, I noticed that, like I've been saying, all these changes have been happening for me. I've gotten a lot more independent in the last couple of years. And so that's been really hard for her. And... um, she really has was dependent on me, you know? And so I think she's been taking it very hard. She definitely took me getting into a relationship really hard. She felt like I didn't need her anymore. Um, even with little stuff, like I remember I was speaking at, um, what is that thing called? Dallas, 
God, what is that thing called when you speak? Like, you know, when we, we do, um, it's not Entrepreneur Week, but what is that week called? Startup, Startup week. week. Yes. I was speaking at Startup Week and I forgot to invite her. <laughs> Normally I would bring her with me. I told her it was happening, but I didn't invite her to come mm. and like remind watch her and, and, and support and all that stuff. And mind you, I, I think the main reason I didn't is because it was right here at I'm not going to say where we are, but it yeah, was right, it here wasn't far from right next to yeah. me. Yes. And she lives in, well, at that time she lived in Frisco. So I'm like, that's far. That's far. I'm not going to like ask you to come over here. Like, that's just stupid. And when the school is right across the street from me, so it's like, I'm, I'm going to be an adult and be okay. Yeah. Um, but, but of course he was there. And so she took it as, oh, oh he replaced he, me, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And so I think with the codependency thing, um, just be really careful about that so that he feels like he can depend on himself and trust himself and um, not feel like nervous to take big steps. So I think we're uh, kind else. of like he's I'm not going to say he's not codependent on me because it's like mm-hmm. in the morning, mommy, fix my hair for school. Mm-hmm. Mommy, do this. Mommy, are you going to do that? Mm-hmm. My mom's like, he acts like he can't live without you. And I'm like. Yeah. Like, this is how he is. Like, mom, if I try to breathe, like, I can't breathe. So it's like, <laughs> he's literally like, a, not attached, but attached. Like certain mm-hmm. things he's like, my mom has to do it. But yeah. then I'm like, well, when you go to, with your dad, do you make him fix your hair in the morning? And he's like, no. And I'm like, well, hello, if I'm because not he there. Does, he's not codependent with him. So yeah. So like right now he spends, well, if his dad's in town, I'm like, you can take him for the whole summer. So I think in mm-hmm. that way. I'm not as codependent. Do I get sad when he leaves? Mm-hmm. Yes, I do. Yeah. But I feel like we have our space. Yeah. So it's not as bad. Yeah. But it's kind of bad. But it's okay. not as, like, because he's yeah. not with me. Well, he usually is with me year long. Mm-hmm. But, like, I will, like, let him go. Like, I'm yeah. like, no, you go. Yeah. Like, if you want to go see your dad, if you want to go do this, mm-hmm. you go with him. You go with him for two months. You go yeah. do that. Now am I just going to, like, let him go, like, live with him no but (laughs) um but yeah i'll let him go with him for months at a time or if like his dad's available or his dad's in town i'm like Mm -hmm. no you're gonna go stay with him and like it's not like he has a problem with it either yeah his dad will ask me and i'll be like no as soon as you land he's going with you Mm -hmm. until you have to leave or until school starts and Mm -hmm. then we'll figure out the switcheroo or whatever but you can have him however much like you want to like i'm not gonna keep him from you so okay I'll say this, um, and then we can move on with the boundaries. But <laughs> I'll say the reason that that's a little dangerous, just from what you're saying, is because I feel like he is probably also emotionally mm-hmm. dependent on you. And I was very much with my mom and, and anyone else I was codependent on. So a lot of times when I become codependent, I only feel safe um, unraveling or processing Mm -hmm. with the other person and when i can't process with the other person i fall apart and i'm or i either fall apart because i'm like i don't know how to handle this i don't know how to feel oh my gosh what's going on um or i shut down you know and i and i try, try to suppress it and so that's really unhealthy because when you can't like i was saying earlier when you can't make room for your own feelings excuse me um, it's hard for you to process things. It's hard for you to effectively communicate. It's hard for you to move forward with people 
And it's hard for you to make mm-hmm. space for other people's feelings. So, of course, if you get into a relationship, you can't make room for the woman's feelings because, or the man, I don't know what Tony's <laughs> going to do, but he can't make room for his partner's feelings because he doesn't know how to handle his own. So it's going to be always be overwhelming. He's going to avoid all the co- hard conversations. It's going to cause a lot of chaos in the relationship. Same That's thing. That's definitely a thing that I've like tried to, because I know how I am with my feelings and mm-hmm. not releasing them. So I tell him like, no, you need to say how you feel mm-hmm. and express it. Like, yeah. if it's making you mad, I need to know why. Like, mm. don't keep your word. Like, use your words. Yeah. So that's a big thing. I tell them, like, okay. use your words. Yeah. Use your words. Like, you need to explain what's happening, mm-hmm. why you feel this way, why did you act this way. Like, you mm-hmm. need to be able to say it. Like, what I, don't I would want you do to though, hold it in. I need you to be able to communicate it. Yeah. What I would do though, just so that he doesn't perceive that as I have to do that with mom do give him a journal he has one you make him write all that in the journal no i bought him a journal i bought him like i have a five minute journal i bought him Mm -hmm. a five minute journal yeah if he actually does it i know he does his like bible app every night Mm -hmm. but if he does his five minute journal is Mm -hmm. probably no so i have this journal called the anti-anxiety journal i think it's healthy just in general even if you don't struggle with a lot of bad bad anxiety because it helps you process um your feelings just in general right and so that's the step. The first step of regulating your own emotions is to identify what you even feel, and then what what thoughts it's creating in your head. What what based on what you're feeling, what are you thinking now? Mm. What what story are you telling yourself? Is this actually happening though? Yeah. You know what I mean? Or so, are you creating? Are some you creating something in your head? In your right? Head. Yeah. No. <laughs> so I would have instead of him just saying it to you, I would have him write those three things. Like, what emotion are you feeling? Why are you feeling it? Well, no, those four things. The emotion he's feeling, why he's feeling it. Um, what story are you telling yourself in your head? And then is this actually happening? Mm-hmm. <laughs> or are you making this up, right? Oh, and good. then I think from there, once he sits and processes that every time, then if, he, if it's a situation that involves someone else, then you can tell him, Instead of processing with me, process in your notebook and then have the conversation with the person you need to have it with, right? So if it's the friend, his aunt, whoever, yeah. go have the conversation with them. And then we can talk about it afterward because I'm your friend or I'm your mom, right? Yeah. We, can, we can talk about how that went. But first, you don't process with me or think that you always need someone to process. You process on your will. own. Be like, this happened at school and they uh-huh. said this. Is it okay if this happens? And I'm just like, oh. Okay. So like he like literally like when people are like, "What do you think he'll do anything like sneaky behind your back?" I'm like, "No." no. Cuz he's going to ask you first if he's it makes sense. He's literally going to tell me everything. <laughs> <laughs> he literally tells me everything. <laughs> like some things I of course I think he like keeps to himself. Mm-hmm. But majority he he's going to tell me. Yeah. Like he's not going to like if something yeah. happens and he's like, "Well, this happened, but I wasn't supposed to." Talk. Unless it's between him and his dad, mm-hmm. then he's not going to tell me. Okay. But if it's like something else, he'll tell mm-hmm. me. Yeah. And so, then the yeah. last thing I would say, so yeah, I think that will help tremendously because it'll help him realize that he needs to think inward and help himself process. Mm-hmm. And he can just process on his own and then present his feelings to people once he's done and have a conversation about it. Um, and then I think also to the biggest thing that helps with me um, if, if it, especially with anxiety, I don't know that he even deals with anxiety probably, but if he ever has anger or feels like 
the the emotion is overwhelming to the point where that what I just said didn't help enough. Um, then you would just do something relating to the five senses that makes him feel comfort. So he needs to look at something that makes him feel at ease and peace and happy. He needs to listen to something, whether that be his favorite song or whatever. Um, he needs to feel something. So it could be his favorite blanket, his favorite slippers or the dog, the dog, <laughs> um, smell, you know, he likes certain scents. You can light a candle, whatever. And then, um, eating, I don't, this is not the best one. Cause you know, you don't want to always indulge with your feelings, but that can help soothe. <laughs> so. well, I think my child likes healthy things. It's like one okay. of his favorite meals is salmon and sweet potato. Oh, okay, see, great. But I mean, then he does also have this weird infatuation with us making fried chicken, and he wants me to always make fried chicken. I'm like, I can't even do that. So wow. we can go buy it, but I'm not. <laughs> We'll have an episode where I teach Gabby how to fry chicken. Um, <laughs> but no, I think, and then also to just getting into a habit, because uh, a lot of times when you first get into that space of trying to feel a lot, when you are not used to making space for your feelings, it can be overwhelming. It can be draining. I would know. Ooh, it's draining. Uh, but it's best to keep those sensory things uh, just a consistent thing in your home. Mm. So it's like at all times every day, you're incorporating that into your routine. So you're just gonna light that candle because you know that that smell makes you feel calmer. You're just gonna go on and play that song every day in the morning because it's gonna make you feel better. Yeah. So you just incorporate those things already because you already know that like there's a possibility since you are building this habit and getting comfortable with processing and feeling things, um, and not avoiding them. It's just, you don't, you want to prevent yourself from feeling overwhelmed, you know? Yeah, it's so. good stuff for a lot of people too. Yeah, absolutely. That's, shout out to I'm my like, therapist. I can do that too. <laughs> <laughs> hey, shout out to my therapist. <laughs> but yeah, so I think that kind of stuff helps, but then that helps him create boundaries with his feelings as well. Because I know for myself, um, I can be an oversharer at times as well. Mm. And I don't know. I can't. Of course, I've, I've just learned so much about myself. I can't dumping. remember. Emotional dumping. Thank you. That's what it is. I was like, I can't remember mm -hmm. what it's called. Yeah. So emotional dumping. And so even I did so good yesterday, y'all. I had a meltdown. And instead of emotional dumping. Well, my mom called me, right? Right as I was having the meltdown. And she's like, hey, I just called to check on you. And I did not want to be codependent Patty. <laughs> and just dump on her. So I was like about to tell her. And then I said, I don't want, I started crying. And I was like, I don't want to emotionally dump on you. I, never mind. And then she's like, no, I called you to check on you. So what is going on? But that right there is a boundary. And so because I was like, oh, let me be respectful of her boundaries. I don't know what she has going on. So let me not emotionally dump on her just because just because someone said, hey, how are you doing? Doesn't mean that they're ready for you to say my world is falling apart. I don't know what to do with my life. Like <laughs> that was in the book. It was like when you go like, and you ask the cash register, like, how's your day going? And instead they tell you like their relationship problems. Right. Like, OK. Like I didn't ask for all that. I just said, how are you doing? It could have been like good, bad, whatever. But you didn't have Working to say all through that. Some stuff. <laughs> right. So that's why I had to do that check. And I said, wait, let, let me stop myself and be respectful of her boundaries. Mm. And this is not fair to emotionally dump on her. So I took a step back and I was like, I don't want to emotionally dump on you. But then she gave me the green light. And she's like, no, it's OK, because I called you and I asked you how you were doing. So go ahead. 
So then now I have the space to do that. But someone that doesn't have good boundaries would have just went on and did all that. And then now that person's feeling heavy and they could have had a great day and you come in (laughs) ruining it. Yeah. This is like, well, dang, now you just ruined their day too. And then they were, they were having a good old time and they did not call you for that. So (laughs) when you have, when you get into the habit of doing that, then you're more aware of how, what you're doing and how you're feeling affects the whole environment and just being more cognizant of everyone else and what they need as well. That's the cool thing about boundaries. It's not just about you. It's about thinking about other people's boundaries too. Mm -hmm. And before you take action, you are just like you know how they You're talk like about cognizant giving consent. of what is happening in their exactly. life and what is happening in your life and if you need to spill all that on them right and if it's, it's even the time or place exactly because if, if you did need place. to go spill it all on them you should probably like forewarn them like hey this exactly. is happening exactly this is what i need to talk about right. let's set some time to do it let's set some time to do it but yeah it's just like giving consent like before you do all of that you know make space like do you have the space for this right now um but yeah i used to do a lot of emotional dumping but even outside of emotional dumping i think i would just overshare like why i no that's what it is when you are i i think it's the well is it the abandonment or the anxious avoidant in me i don't know what it is in me probably i can't remember both combined. probably both combined because i used to do this thing where i felt like i had to over explain myself um in order to make sure that people weren't like I wanted to make sure I was making it overly clear like what's going on or so that they wouldn't misconstrue it as something uh else like no I'm not really mad this is just happening or this is right or this happened to me and that's why I act like this or oh my gosh today this happened and it's like it really didn't require all that and you don't have to explain yourself to people and if they (laughs) perceive it wrong then they perceive it wrong and so what like if they want clarity they'll ask for clarity that's that it's okay. And you don't have to overexplain yourself so people can connect and vibe mm-hmm. and all this. No, and they either I'm not get trying it or they you. don't or <laughs> right. So Yeah. So yeah, so I think um that's good though that you're thinking about that with Tony. I really think that's good. Thank yeah. you. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. Look at you being a wonderful mom. <laughs> I try. I try. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that's how I feel like I am with my boundaries as far as like with my family, I'm rigid. With my relationships, I can either be healthy or porous. Mm. Um, I'm porous also when I don't know what the boundary is. And I realized, so I was saying that with my therapist. I was like, well, girl, I don't know what to do. If I don't know what the boundary is, then that's the problem. She's like, no, no, no. Don't feel forced to, if, if someone asks you something and you don't know what your boundary is, do not feel forced to have an answer in that moment. Tell them you need to think about right it. Now. Right. And I'll let you know. <laughs> and, that's that. and I said, oh, life changing. <laughs> it's not as difficult as I thought. <laughs> right. That's crazy. That is wild. I don't have to have an answer right now. That's wild. And so, your boundaries can change. And your boundaries can change. And you just, the key is just communicating that. Mm-hmm. That's it. Because no one can read your mind. No one can. That is what I have been like. like. People cannot read your mind. They don't know what you feel. They don't know how you feel about them. They Mm -hmm. don't know what your emotions are at the moment. And you shutting off is not enough. Right. Yeah, unless you explain it to them or tell them. Exactly. And that's my biggest thing with it. It's like you can have all the boundaries you want. I don't care. But you effectively communicating and not leaving people in the dark, Mm -hmm. that's one, it just prevents a lot of confusion and chaos, right? But also, too, it just 
creates a safe space so everybody can feel okay <laughs> like you know what i mean because when somebody like when you're not being clear with people um it, it causes a lot a lot of miscommunication people are perceiving things the wrong way um but then also too it makes people feel unsafe and they're like well what's going on like i thought we were here i yeah. thought we were here and now and i feel like we're not, not. yeah because <laughs> you're doing something different than what you said so i'm confused yeah no <laughs> So, yeah, that's what I think. Um, but, yeah, okay. So, in the book so far, what do you feel like was the part that, like, was an aha moment for you? Or what do you think, like, really snatched your edges? <laughs> of telling people how you feel. Like, mm -hmm. the saying that people don't know what you feel unless you tell them. Mm -hmm. Or people don't know what you're thinking. People can't read your mind. Yeah. And setting up the expectations for your own boundaries with yourself. Yeah. So that way people can't respect your boundaries if you're not respecting your own boundaries. Exactly. Yeah. No. So that... like you should be you should be um, aware of how people see you mm -hmm. not to please them. Yeah. But to please yourself and make sure that you're setting up the right expectations for what you want in your mm -hmm. life. And if you're not relaying that or exp not explaining uh <laughs> like portraying that to other people then yeah. they're not going to know like oh yeah. well this is how she lives her life this is how like if you're out here just wilding and they're going to be like oh, okay well she's not serious or she doesn't care and we mm -hmm. can just wild all the time but that's not really how you want to be perceived then you should pay attention to how you're portraying yourself to be and how you're setting up your life and your relationships whether it's you know yeah. a personal relationship or a work relationship or even just the way you interact with someone on the elevator, um, you let people know how to act towards you. And so that's... Sorry, I think I'm, I'm just trying to make sure I don't look crazy. You're I'm fine. listening. No, I'm so sorry. that's like the, the big thing that I took away from it. And mm -hmm. then um, just treating people like humans is like a huge thing that I've taken away from like a lot of books that I've like read lately. A New Earth was like the one that was like, oh... Because I'm good for getting on an elevator and not speaking. Or I'm good for walking in a room and not speaking. Or mm -hmm. leaving and not saying bye. So it's like a huge thing that I'm like trying to work on. So like mm. today I was on the elevator with someone. And it looked like they were moving. So I was like, oh, well, I hope you have a great day. Or have fun moving. As much wow. fun as you can have. And the yeah. person literally said nothing. And I was like, oh, wow. And so it was like me like realizing like. Not even that they didn't respond, but like I wonder if people take me that way when they get on the elevator and I don't speak. Yeah. So if I make people feel that same way. So not even like looking bad at him for not responding, but mm -hmm. also like looking in towards me of like, is that how people feel when I don't yeah. respond or when I don't say hi or when I don't make eye contact? Yeah. No, yeah, it is because I've been on the other side of that. Um, my neighbor... <laughs> When they first um, moved in, him and his girlfriend, his wife, I want to say it's his girlfriend. Uh, me, I, I ha this happened to be after a photo shoot that I did for her with Jasmine, okay? Mm. So we just wrapped the shoot. I think we, yeah, we just wrapped the shoot and I was taking my mom downstairs to do something, right? And they get on the elevator as well. And so I spoke and the woman speaks, but the man doesn't speak. And I said, I said, hello. And they <laughs> So you got, I used to be like that, like when I would say, I'm like, um, hi. Uh, right. No, no. But well, I guess my, I, I'm always like that. I'm always like that. Like one night, this is, okay, now I'm going on a tangent, but really quick. One night, 
uh, I was already kind of mad because there was a lot of things going on that night, right? But I was out with my friend, and then my boyfriend had gone somewhere else, right? So I get in the Uber with my friend. My boyfriend calls, and he's like, hey, can you come get me? So we go get him before we head home. And she was the first stop or whatever, right? So when we go pick him up, my boyfriend gets in the car, right? He is tipsy. He gets in the car. He's having a fun time, right? So he's in great spirits. So he gets in the car and he's talking to the man driving. And he's like, hey, you know, like talking real nice to the guy. He's like, how are you doing? Tell me why that man didn't speak to him. Did the man speak to you? And I was sober. Okay. Yeah, he spoke to me when I got in the car. He spoke to my friend. He was just acting like that because my boyfriend, he wasn't drunk. He was tipsy. So I said, and I don't care how he is. If yeah. he got in the car and he spoke it's to not you. like he's being rude. Right. You better speak. Like he's being friendly. And, and I said, um, excuse me, sir. He's speaking to you. Did you hear him? And then he just stopped. And I said, he's speaking to you. Why are you not speaking back? And then my friend's like, Donnie, Donnie. And I said, no, no, no. I'm paying for this ride. He's speaking to you. <laughs> so mm. what is the problem? And he's like, I don't like to, I can't remember what he said, but I was like, he's not being rude. He's not being disrespectful. He spoke to you. So I would like for you to speak back. Yeah. And everyone's looking at me like, and I'm like, no, look at him because he's the one acting ridiculous. I was actually just listening to a (laughs) podcast and he said like, he was like so busy in his own world and typically Mm -hmm. he like speaks to everyone. Mm -hmm. And so he was like in his phone doing whatever. And he looks up and he's like, we were still sitting in the same spot. And Mm -hmm. so he was like. So then I asked the guy, like, is everything okay? And the guy said, I told you hi, and you didn't speak back. So I was waiting for you to tell me hi back. I was like, okay, Uber driver. Keep him straight. And so he was like, I felt so bad. He was like, so then I apologized. He was like, I'm so sorry. Like, yeah. hi, how are you doing? Like, right. there's no excuse for me to have not spoken back yeah, to you. you I really car. should have been more aware mm-hmm. of, you know, what was going on. So I do apologize. And he goes, yeah. so it was like a real, like, hello, pay mm-hmm. attention. He goes, because typically I'm really good at being aware and paying yeah. attention to everything. But he was like, at that time, it was just like, oh, wow. Like, I really got in this person's car and did not speak and to them. And did not speak to them. But yeah. And to me, in that moment, I was also irritated because I'm like, this ride was not cheap. There were a lot of stops on this ride. <laughs> so I'm going to need you to say something and when my boyfriend on what time, to you. <laughs> what time of the night it was on how expensive that ride was. Thank you. Thank you. And for you to sit here, it, I, I totally understand if you got in the car and did something stupid. I totally would have understood. And I would have apologized and got out. But that's not what happened. So, and you know who you are if you're watching Uber Driver Man. So, <laughs> the Uber Driver Man is not watching or listening to me. He should. <laughs> he has rigid boundaries. He needs to work on it. So. Oh, God. <laughs> Anyways, um, what was we saying? So, I don't know. I feel like we've touched on. Pretty much all of them. Yeah. Oh, that's what it was. I was going to say for me, the biggest aha, and then we can go into the next thing. But the biggest aha that I had was about, because like I said, the boundaries that I'm really good with, I've been really rigid in the past. So the biggest aha that I had is you don't jump from zero to 100. When you set a boundary, the person is going to test it. And she's like, they may or they may not. They may or they may not. But you have to pay attention to how they recept your boundaries. Exactly. And so she was like, but if they test it, she's like, that's normal. We all test boundaries. Don't act like it's just them. Like Mm -hmm. we all test boundaries. And so if they test it, you're not supposed to then hit them with the consequence. You allow them to test it and then you reiterate what the boundary is. And then you see how they move forward. Then from there, then you can hit them with the consequence if they continue. Because they know you're serious. Because they know you're serious. But if you have not even been setting boundaries 
good in the past set a boundary (laughs) and then they test it and you give in to whatever the boundary is or you don't keep your boundary then or you just hit them with the consequence and it's like okay well whoa Mm -hmm. like why do you act Mm -hmm. like that you you never act like that before like what is going Mm -hmm. on you seem like the crazy person now because you went from zero to (laughs) hundred. No, that is true. You know, and so that's typically me. I'd be going from zero to 100. There's no in between. And then everyone's like, calm down. What is going on? You've never been like this. (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? So I had to, um, I, that was really big for me because I was like, oh, there is an in between. Got it. Cool. I can't just be like, I said what I said. Like, did you not hear me? No, that's me. I said, well, yeah, I already gave you a chance. So (laughs) I said what I said and you didn't do it. So. Now what? That's that's on you, bro. I don't know. But now I'm I'm better, you guys. I'm better. Yeah. It's a great book. Y'all should definitely read it. Mm-hmm. I think it'll open your eyes to a lot of things that you never even thought of. Yes. Or that you, like, there's a lot of things you're not aware of. Cause you, yes. So, like, a lot of times we think, like, oh, I'm aware that I'm doing this or I'm not doing that or I'm working on this. But there's mm-hmm. always, like, another eye opener of, like, Right. There oh, always is. Yeah. Yeah. I should... Like, even though it sounds like common sense and I should know that or should have processed that, now I feel like you're just more aware of it Mm -hmm. and you're actively practicing it, which I think is the big thing for me. Like, when reading, I try to find something that I'm going to, like, actively practice, like saying hello to people or remembering Mm. that people can't read my mind, even though it's like, duh, Gabby, can't nobody read your mind. Like, you would think, like, you know, it's like common sense, like... Hello. Well, like, but then you, know. you would you would think like, oh well, they know how I am. They know how I act. They they're right. That's know. what people. So think. that's what you yes. automatically. I feel like a lot of people automatically think, but unless you're like expressing it too, mm-hmm. then they don't know. They don't know. They may not know. They may just have their own idea built up. Exactly. And it's so important for us to like get clear on our boundaries because then it it affects everything in your life. It affects the quality of your life. How happy you are. And so once you get clear and you're better at setting the boundaries, keeping the boundaries um, with others and yourself, then you'll see a lot more happiness for yourself in your work, in your friendships, your family, all that. Like it just becomes a lot better. And then you won't be as frustrated. You won't be, you know, all over the place mentally because you there won't be a bunch of stress and struggle because it's like, no, you've created the space for you to like, have the best scenario if that makes sense like in your relationships because you've already set the boundaries you know you've kind of because what you're doing is you're you're setting um boundaries based on what would make this an ideal situation for you and bring you fulfillment Mm -hmm. exactly and they and that's the thing you also want to make sure you communicate that it's okay for everyone else in the situation to set their boundaries too it doesn't have to just be you you do it too okay we do it together um, but it's good because then everyone has their needs met, you know? So I like it. Um, but yeah, this was good. Yeah. I like this. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So to close things out, um, I can't even remember what our last segment is. What was our segment? <laughs> what are we supposed to talk about? I have no idea. Oh my goodness. I lost my. Gabby's pulling it up. She'll let us know. <laughs> Okay, last part is at the top. We're on show again. Questions. Oh, we did that. Okay, closing. We did the resource of the week already, so. Okay, well, yeah. Hope you guys guys. enjoyed it. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Please continue rating, liking, sharing. You guys have been doing that already, but we really appreciate it. Please, 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 please rate 
and share. Okay. And if you do get the book, let us know your yes. thoughts or your feedback or post a picture of the book and tag us. That way we know that you actually did really like our podcast and you're like, oh, that, you know, I'm going to actually read that book. Exactly. Let us know. Let us know that we're not just like giving advice that means nothing. Uh, <laughs> we're talking to ourselves. Right. Yes. We, we'd appreciate it if y'all did that. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it for this week. Anything mm-hmm. else, Gab? No. Not me calling her Gab. Anything else, Gabby? <laughs> She's like, ew. <laughs> She's made of her own your nickname. Right. No, this is her setting the boundary. Um, my name is Gabby or Gabrielle. <laughs> She's going to be like, no, that's not my name. Um, No. (laughs) No, it's fine. It really is. No, okay. But yes, thank you so much for watching. We will see y'all next week. Bye.